0: I'm distracting myself I have to be busy or I will feel those self-destructive thoughts I will have self-destructive thoughts because I'm still stuck in a time that I haven't got gotten past so the best thing for me to do
1: is stay busy These kind of get when we don't take the time to know what it is to, say, to know how to Welcome back to Tune the Fork. I have with me today, April. Can't say her last name because it really is irrelevant.
0: Well, I do go by April Nicole. <laughs> April Nicole.
1: Okay, April Nicole. Yes. Yeah. Um, I've known you for quite a while out and about. We met at Lounge of Three when I was DJing and, and you were bartending. And then we just stayed in contact. I found out you were this awesome, creative person that also had ass-kicking, cooking tendencies. And so um, you do a lot. And at the risk of me messing it up,
0: <laughs>
1: do you mind sharing?
0: No. Okay. Um, so my first, Passion. I'll start with that. Is my artwork, um, and that's on Instagram. That's art by April Nicole. Art by underscore April Nicole. Um, secondly, is my culinary business. Um, I do catering and I do the bartending still through the catering company. Um, that's called Kitchen Kitchen Addiction Catering. Okay. Um, and then there's the bag line that my partner Dana and I started. That's official bag ladies um, on Instagram. And what's the tagline? You make the bag. <laughs> I
1: wish more motherfuckers knew that.
0: Yeah. Um, and that kind of sort of is. It has three kind of uh, ways you could receive it. Um, the most important is you make the bag. The bag does not make you. Um, meaning money-wise, financial-wise, getting in your bag, business-wise, making decisions, setting your goals, your ambition, your drive, all of that. Um, and then also, um, you make the bag, the bag doesn't make you. We don't always have to have $10,000 bags to be fly, to be validated, or any of that. You can you make the bag, plain and simple. Gotcha. Um, and then the third, literally I make the bag. <laughs> <laughs> I literally paint all the bags. so
1: I love that. that. So um, oh I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: Um, and then um, I was, it was one more business. I have like a million businesses, but those are the main three that I'm focusing on right now.
1: And what's apparent immediately if anybody, once they can get past the way that you look and, your personality, because you are a beautiful woman. And if it's not, if you can't, most people probably focus on that and it's probably one of the annoying parts about being a beautiful driven woman and it's annoying to some dudes are just simple in that way, but you hustle. You're always (laughs) creating something You're always coming up with an idea. It's one of the things that I connected with the most when I first met you. You were always thinking about ways of being creative and expressing yourself. And and I gravitated just towards that because I was like, damn, she ain't just out here just resting on, you know, whatever. She's really trying to figure out a way to make it.
0: Right.
1: Have you always been like that?
0: I have. Um. I have, my first hustle, I guess, um, was when I was like 14 in junior high school. I went to Brown Junior High School in Northeast. Um, I would, because at this time, this was 94, so the whole, um, how the nail industry is crazy now, it wasn't Mm -hmm. like that back then. So I would buy the, um, what do you call them? The artificial nails from the beauty supply store. I would take them to school during lunchtime. Whoever wanted their nails done would design. I would size the nails to their fingers, take those 10 out, take them home, paint them, design them, bring them back the next day, glue them on, and it was like $20. So that was like my first official, like figuring out how I could make money from the things that I knew how to do, which was art. That was my first passion. and then my grandmother, she stayed on our ads about like cooking and cleaning and stuff like that. So um, when I was about 16, I, I could say I started cooking for my family because my mother wasn't having it. Um, so I had to have food ready for me and my younger sisters and her, you know, when she came home from work. So um, I turned that into a business.
1: So, Are you the oldest? I'm the oldest. Out of three?
0: Out of three.
1: How what's the ages? I mean, age difference rather.
0: Um. The middle is two years younger than me. Well, I'm 42. One of my sisters is 40. The other one is 36. I believe you're 36.
1: Which one has the nephew?
0: So the 36-year-old has the nephew that you see a lot. Okay. But the middle sister, she has three sons, Okay. Too. So I have four nephews. Because the
1: one you be like, that's your role, dog.
0: Yeah. He's old now. He's older
1: now, so he don't. Was he 16, 17? Yeah. Okay. So he don't fool me. Shout out to you, brother. If you' watching this, <laughs> I can tell your auntie loves you, and y'all the, gotta. Dan the man. I love my aunties, boy. My my uh, mother was <clears throat> one of nine, and my my aunts and my uncles was like, they were like big brothers more so than uh, big brothers and sisters more than they were like actual, mm-hmm. like aunties per se. But. Um, on some of the stuff that you post online, I can I get the feeling that you and your mom got a real close relationship.
0: We do now. Um, when I was growing up, it wasn't... I wouldn't say we weren't close, but we're closer now that I'm an adult and I understand her in the way that she was with me and towards me when I was younger. When I was younger, I just... Wanted out. I just want to get out the house and get away because it was a lot. I had a lot of responsibilities at a young age. And so I always thought, like, you know, I missed out, so to speak, on my teenage years because I had to cook, I had to clean, I had to do that, my sister's hair. I had to be like a second mother, you know. So I couldn't stand it. You're a teenager, you want to be out frolicking and doing whatever in the streets. Yeah. And I couldn't do that. My friends could do it, but I was the one that could not. And if I even tried, I would get punished. And the era in which we were raised, most of our friends weren't getting punished. Their parents, I'm not gonna say didn't give a shit, but they weren't like my mother was. She was strict. Yeah. In all fairness, of course, it was for a reason, but I didn't know that until I got older. So we're a lot closer now because I get it.
1: Was your uh, pops around? No. Okay.
0: Nope. (laughs) He was around for his other three daughters, so I don't know how I got, and he tried like once I got older, but it's kind of, I don't know if it's me being a cancer or just a normal human being, but um, when he did try, it's kind of like, it's no connection, I don't see the point or the purpose, and I tried, but even it still was nothing Like, I don't feel anything. There's nothing there, so. Yeah. And I kind of think, too, there's still some sort of resentment in um, the fact that, you know, he wasn't around due to the drug habits. I was born in 1980, so you know what that was like in this Um, But still, for me, it's like, you know, for a person to say, you know, my mother would say, oh, well, he was on drugs, and maybe that's, you know... But he was still a crockhead father to the other three. Not saying that I, I needed that, but if he, he was just flat out be, absent with y'all? Yeah, so. Mm-hmm.
1: Are you, you typically have these kind of conversations? What?
0: I've had Okay, him.
1: okay. Yeah. Are you, would you, um, would you say you're an open person?
0: I was just about to say it before you asked. I was like, I don't typically have it, but I'm open about it. Oh, you are? Okay. I don't mind discussing discussing it. All because right. it is
1: what it is. Um, is. I'm eight years older than my brother. And my mother was an alcoholic. And my pops wasn't around. And the uh, resentment that I felt as a kid for not having a childhood Mm -hmm. because I was taking care of my brother and having all of these responsibilities. You know, an eight-year-old, a nine-year-old, a 10-year-old now look way different than them joints did back in the eighties. We was cooking, we was riding a motherfucking bus by ourselves. We was babysitting, babies babysitting babies. Mm -hmm. And you know, the parents were doing the best that they could at those times and had to move around. And so much of that, uh, so much of the, there was so much responsibility put on the kids that I actually even started resenting my little brother. yeah, subconsciously, not subconsciously, consciously. Because I was like, to me, he was the reason why I couldn't go <laughs> have fun. Not my mama, not, like my daddy not being there, but like yeah. him. And it strained our relationship, but especially because we had, uh, there was an eight year age gap. I was more like a father in a way too. And our relationship actually didn't get better, didn't become more of like a respect brotherly thing until recently I'd say, maybe about like five years ago or so. But we struggled um, for a long time because And I had guilt, too. As as I got older, I was like, damn. And I would look at him every now and then. I'd be like, I was a horrible brother. (laughs) I would say that to myself. And he would be like, nah, man, you did a good job. But I just couldn't let go of the fact that I felt those ways about him as a kid Mm -hmm. when he didn't deserve it.
0: Um, I can relate.
1: You posted something that I wanted to talk about to actually just get the jump off spot. (laughs) Okay. If that's cool. On July 11th, last month, you posted a picture about, (laughs) you know what I'm talking about?
0: July 10th? On
1: July 10th, you were released from a past and you posted a picture of basically you being in a correctional facility. (laughs) Let me take a step back before I say that. Okay. One of the conversations that sticks out to me the most between us, we were lounge of three, we were upstairs by the bar. Do you remember this? You probably let me we keep had going. A few. Yeah, up there. And so we were up there and I was like, I feel like I know you. You were like, you don't know me. You don't know me. You don't know me. And I was like, no, listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying. I'm not saying I know the bits and pieces. I'm not saying I know detail, but what I am there's something about you that I that feels familiar, and I didn't do. You, does any of this ring a bell?
0: It will in a second. Probably to me, because
1: <laughs> it because I never forgot the conversation, and it's one of the reasons why. For people who don't necessarily know, I'll leave that alone. But there's a familiarity. Your your energy and your spirit feels very familiar to me. And one of the reasons and, and 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 what I have found in my life path is most of the time what I'm connecting to is people's pain. Okay. That like just really just sticks out. Not to say other things aren't present, but there is a there is a way in which their pain shows up that is very familiar to my pain. Okay. So when I was saying, I know you that day up at lounge of three, it wasn't, it was the, it was the pain or whatever. It was something that I was connecting to that. I was like, Oh, okay. I feel that. Um, Didn't know what it meant. We've had subsequent conversations, but we never really had a chance to talk and like, for me to get to know you in the detail way. Right. So a part of this is kind of like hoping, asking if I can get to know you like in that detailed way. Um, So a lot, so that a lot of the things that I feel connected to you on can actually make sense. Okay. If that makes sense. It makes sense. Okay.
0: I'm cool with that.
1: All right. So July 10th, 2008. Yep. Don't tell me about that day. Tell me how you got there.
0: (laughs) So short version, very short version is um, in 2000, March I believe March, no, March sixth, some first week of March, um, 2004, um, they had did a sting on 18th and M Street, in which I had been involved, just with the whole. I was very close with. I am very close with one of my first cousins, um, so they had been investigating this area for a while, apparently. Um, I think we kind of knew, but at that time I was 20 during that time, I was 23, 24. Um, and I had just, how I even got in the environment was because I was trying to escape an abusive relationship Mm -hmm. and I came to my cousin and from me coming to him, we just stayed like that. We've always been close but I just stayed up under him from that situation because I felt that was the best protection for me. Um, and that turned into <clears throat> just a whole bunch of illegal activity, hustling, going out partying, just living street life. Um, and so yeah, when they came to do this raid or whatever, I so happened to be in the apartment in one of the apartments, cause they did a, a bunch of, it was like 30 of us. They got locked up on that case. Um, but they were initially looking for my cousin, of course, but he wasn't there. I was. And so, uh, when they knocked the door in and all of that, I was there asleep. Um, so yeah, they found a whole bunch of stuff. Some stuff I knew was there. Some of it I couldn't believe was there, but it was what it was. It wasn't like I didn't know what was going on or what right. I was involved in. Um, and so, yeah, I had to go through the motions of court. We were in court for like four years, um, And I just had to be accountable, you know, for, to be honest, when I got my, I took a guilty plea. um, And during the court process, during that four years, my lawyer, she advised me to make my situation look better. I was working, I got, I was working two jobs and I ended up going to the Art Institute of Washington. I was only there for like three weeks before um, I had to withdraw because of the court situation when I took the guilty plea. I thought that I would just only get probation, but the judge still gave me six months in federal prison, a federal prison time. So that's how I got there. Um, And from the stuff that I was doing that didn't have anything to do with the case, I was doing some other stuff that my cousin didn't even know about. I was in another world of, like, (laughs) stuff, like white-collar stuff. Okay. So when that happened, I was like, you know what? Take it for that, you know, because it could have been worse either way. So just do it. Do what you got to do and get it over with. So that's how I got there.
1: When you were in there, were you focused on like doing something different when you got out or were you just going to be like, what, what, what was your plan when you were in there that you can remember?
0: I'm not going to say I necessarily had a plan, but of course, when you're in those situations, you tell yourself you, what you want going to do. I don't want to ever go through this again. And, you know, when I came home from it, I went right back to partying and clubbing. And it took me a while to calm it down and get it together. Um, but I did start sketching a lot while I was there, sketching dress designs and stuff, fashion designs. Um, And I still have like hundreds of them that I did in 2008. So that for me is something that I can't leave this earth without pursuing because I produced that from me having that time to just sit with myself in those circumstances. And who's to say had I not that I would ever have sat down to draw all these fabulous dresses and stuff. So, um, of course, something good came out of this situation. But yeah, it took me a while to to buckle down and like, you know, you getting you know, old this is can't keep going out and not having a plan and yeah. you know, so
1: do you feel like you were kinda of like on a self destructive path?
0: Yeah, for sure. Where I feel like that a lot.
1: Okay. Do you still feel like that?
0: Sometimes. Sometimes. Not as much as I used to. I don't beat myself up. As much as I used to. I think now more so, the only time I feel self destructive is when I'm beating myself about something I can't control, mm-hmm. beat myself up about something I can't control. Um, and I know that comes from things that I haven't addressed yet within myself, which may lead me to I don't want to be in the house by myself today, which that leads me to I'm going to a bar or I'm going around these people knowing I really don't want to be bothered. I'm just going to do something to distract myself from what's really bothering me, whatever that thing may be, cuz some days I wake up and just feel out of it but not having a direct, oh, it's because of this or it's because of that. It's just I don't I just don't want to be bothered with myself. So I go distract myself with things that I shouldn't or people that I shouldn't, and that just makes it worse. So that is that is when I feel self-destructive. Not necessarily something that I do, you know, but it's more of like a feeling. feeling. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think um It's funny because I remember when I used to have moments of like happiness or stability, that shit would be so motherfucking uncomfortable. Cause I was just used for shit. I was used to shit being like chaotic. And I was like, "Hold on, things are going good." Nah, let me just go ahead. Like it's like you see something at the end of the table. <laughs> let me just <laughs> knock it off, just so, <laughs> just so I can see it crack. Cause you know, especially when you used to just shit just falling off, and I didn't, I didn't know how to disrupt that like pattern of just always wanting to default to, like, dumb shit in, like, the worst kind of ways. Why are you smiling? It's like...
0: Because, <laughs> I mean, I think we've all been there. I'm yeah, funny. yeah.
1: So, um, where do you think yours comes from?
0: What? like Your,
1: your like, uh, self-destructive, like, tendencies.
0: Hmm. Well, you did it. I thought I was gonna be able to be on, on poison. Now I really have to think about that. Um, I mean, ultimately, I guess it would have to be things that I have not healed from, and that's a crazy long list. Um, but I think it narrows down to like overthinking, mm. overthinking in the sense of having so many questions of like why. Like, why do I have to feel this way? And the reason why I feel this way is because of this. And why do I have to even think about it? Better yet, why did it even happen? Why am I stuck with it? Why can't I move past it? And I'm a person that really likes to be by myself a lot. Um, Even though I bartend and I'm sociable and I have these jobs where I have to put myself out to the public and be sociable in order to market myself. If I had it my way, I was. To myself, I don't, I don't like. I don't mind doing this with you, but I just prefer to be to myself. And I think it's just me having that time to think, which I don't even know if that's healthy or not, because I get consumed by it. I can sit in my room in my house all day long with no TV on, no music on, and it's just what it is for a full 24 hours, and it's just nothing but thinking. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a bad thing, but I don't know how healthy that is either because of what I'm thinking about. Most of it is work sometimes, but then I also think, why are you working so much? Why do you have to do so much? But really that boils down to the same thing. I'm distracting myself. I have to be busy or I will feel those self-destructive thoughts. I will have self-destructive thoughts because I'm still stuck in a time that I haven't got, gotten past. So the best thing for me to do is stay busy. Or Uh, distract myself in some type of way.
1: I think that might be what I was connecting with. Cause I'm the exact same motherfucking way. And it's weird because I'm in sales, right? I hate people. Why am I doing something? (laughs) Why am I doing something that puts me in a position to deal with people and I don't fucking like people? Or at least this is what I would, you know, kind of like tell myself. And everybody would be like, oh, James is, you know, you're, 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 you're cool, you're out. And the, and the minute the lights <laughs> were cut off and I'd be at the motherfucking house, it's just like a, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. And like you, I wasn't dealing with some shit that I needed to deal with. And I um, went to therapy. Have you done any therapy?
0: No. They put you, uh, when you get these cases, you know, if it's guns, weapons, drugs, or any violence involved, you automatically, I think you kind of automatically have to do some sort of um, therapy, but it's not intense. It's not what, it's not. They're not there to figure out. It's just something to have on record that they put you in it yeah. through for their purposes.
1: Just to check a box.
0: Yeah. So I haven't really done any real therapy. Um, I've tried to do my own, which is self-destructive: drinking, partying, going out. And not to say that every time I do it is because of a thing. Yeah. Of course I do it for enjoyment <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah. But that's how it that's how a lot of my destructive ways started. Very young with drinking, trying to escape things that I didn't even know what to address, you know, so.
1: And you still feeling that kind of shit now? Huh?
0: Of course, even more now because I'm starting to understand more of it. And the more I understand it, it's kind of, you would think that the more you understand it, the better you would feel about certain things. But now that I'm aware and I understand more, it's even more hurtful to me, which is worse. It doesn't, I don't know, it's weird. It's worse actually. When you think about certain instances or people who have done certain things to you. When you're young, you may not get it. You may know that it's wrong, or this ain't right, or whatever, but you don't know why. But then you come into yourself, um, and you (laughs) look back and like, oh, so this is what you were really doing to me, and this is what you have done. Well, this is what that experience has done to me. And it's not better, it's not. And so no, I haven't, I've been thinking about it. But this is a good start for me. Okay. You know, as far as therapy is concerned.
1: Have you ever said any of these things? Have you ever talked to anybody about this stuff?
0: Yeah, friends that can relate. You know, I have a good handful of friends that I can confide in and know a thousand percent that they're not listening to go talk or listening to judge or they're not Mm -hmm. just sitting there not even listening. So I do, but that's, a very small handful of friends, um, or people that I can trust.
1: What do you, um, let me ask a different question. What do you, is there anything you plan on doing differently to try to get a different result?
0: The only thing that I've considered lately is to actually talk to a therapist. Um, And I don't know if it's because, you know, a lot of it is getting it out. And I get it out to my friends. I'm getting it out to you. And you'll give me your feedback. But I just kind of, I guess, want to hear what a professional person who studies specific behaviors and thought processes and whatever. I do want to get some feedback on, you know, what they will have to say and any advice or whatever in the way that they could kind of advise me to do things, to to process.
1: So are you getting tired?
0: I am. I'm I'm, I'm getting tired of, yeah, I'm getting tired of the way that I, I don't want to say self-medicate, but the way that I deal with shit, I am getting tired of that because it it, is draining to repeat things and then wake up hungover from a night of having a great time, but really knowing it's, it's stemming yeah. from, first of all, it's expensive to keep going out. Um, different things can happen. You, you may have the intentions to just get out, have a good time, meet people, whatever. But even in that process, you're running from something, other things have happened. Yeah. So it's like you're making your situation worse, for real, for real, April. And I, I do have talks with myself. Mm-hmm. I don't mind that. Yeah. It's times I'm like, girl, you really need to chill out. And then I'll try to do my timeouts. I do my cleanses, my 30 days of not talking to this or not reading this sort of stuff, not on social media as much, focus on this, this, this. I do that, and that helps a lot. Um, But then it's, you know, you get, I don't know, I go back to it. Yeah. Which is not true. I'm not out here trying to be a nun at any point in my life, but I do want to get better in the way that I process things.
1: I think one of the things you said that was really fucking dope, personally, that it took a long time for me to get, I'll be 46 next week. So I'm I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm a few steps ahead on the road than you, but (laughs) is the beating yourself up piece. I didn't know how critical that was to the conversation I was having in my head to make the feelings worse. It's like, it's one thing to just go and like knock this thing over, but I'll do that one thing and then spend three fucking weeks just whooping my own ass because I did that. When I really could have just knocked it off and looked (laughs) at it and been like, okay, you knocked it off and move on. That's the piece that I have gotten a lot better at doing. Acknowledging what something is, having the best intentions and then just letting it go. Like the letting go piece has been a major.
0: Yeah, that's a big deal for me.
1: And I had to start with my mom, crazy enough. I had to let those feelings about her go. That I that I would that I can get what I needed that I felt all of these other feelings that contributed to the stories I was telling myself about my bullshit. And I'm always have my bullshit, like the bullshit don't go away. It just be, you just find different ways of saying, you, you change your relationship to the bullshit. Mm-hmm. Cause bullshit is just as necessary in life as the opposite of bullshit. It's just, cause it makes it, <laughs> it it's what makes it all kind of like dope in a way, but, um I just started having a better relationship with my mom maybe like two years ago. Like a real one without like a lot of that bullshit that I was carrying over. Mm -hmm. Cause it's weird how much of the shit connects that you don't really realize it connects. Like I was telling you before we started, sex with women and and a bunch of wild shit. Like all of that shit was just connected. And I didn't get to a point One of the things that stood out by what you were saying is, I felt tired. I was exhausted of the patterns that I were creating. I think what was different for me is that I had other people, i.e. women, who were wrapped up in my patterns, who I was, whose time I was wasting, whose you know, hearts I was fucking up and playing games with and shit like that. And the pain that I was causing other women was like, okay, like I got tired of feeling, I got tired of beating myself up. Right. And, um, I think once you make the decision to like actually do that, whatever it is, even if it's going to talk to somebody, you'll find a way to manage it like, long-term. But that piece of not being able to beat, not beating yourself up is, is really, is really huge. It's just, it's just important. I think the question is, are you really not beating yourself up though?
0: Mm, what do you mean not? Beating
1: you, me? you say you don't beat yourself up.
0: As No, I don't do it as much as, as much. I okay. used to. I still do it, you know, here and there, but not as, I really kind of, the, it's crazy because as much as I have um, those feelings that lead me to the beat myself up part, that's like guilt and anxiety and all that type of stuff. I still have just as much as a fuck it demeanor to mm, Good. It. it is what it is. Like that's my favorite thing to say. It is what it is. Um, and I think that part, has allowed me to deal with things a lot better so that I'm not mentally and emotionally abusing abusing myself. Some stuff I'm just like, it is what it is. It happened. Okay, well, if you can move past it, move past it. If you can't, it is what it is. It's life. You know, don't put everything on yourself. That's not fair. So I'm, I'm getting a little better with that, I would say.
1: How does your... Um how does all of this play into like your art and what you do and stuff with your, with your creativity?
0: Mm, when I'm painting, that is a good time for me to think. Um, I set a certain environment for myself when I'm doing that, especially if it's not like um, a commission, like someone specifically asking me, when I just say I'm just gonna sit down and paint today or tonight or whatever. I turn my music on most of the time. I have wine or a drink or something. I set the mood for myself. And in that space, I mean, I can't help but to think. But it's more therapeutic than it is. It's more peaceful and therapeutic than it is um, when I'm just thinking, laying in the bed. It's it's just different. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if it's because... I'm creating, and I have a vision for something, so I'm being inspired, I guess, by whatever my thought process is to complete something. Um, maybe it is the thought process, too, of having a goal, like I have to complete something. I have something here I need to execute. Yeah. So the the fulfillment that I know I'm gonna feel, once this is done, and I can sit back and look at it, I'm looking towards that fulfillment, So I'm happy to be doing this because it's going to be helpful just to feel that for however long I feel it, 10 minutes, whatever. Because a lot of times I do that. I paint and I sit back and I'm so happy with the outcome. And I cry sometimes. It's different sort of emotions that happen. So I think the painting is super helpful because I'm looking for something from it and I normally get it. And it's a happy medium for me versus me just laying around, just thinking, thinking, thinking but I'm not doing anything to help myself. These people are looking in your place.
1: <laughs> that was weird. Did you? Wa- oh, you didn't wave. I'm looking right I at you. I was about to. Be like
0: <laughs> that. But so yeah, it's, it's the painting is helpful. Um, when I'm cooking, same thing. Really? When I'm cooking, um, when I'm cooking is more. It's the same thing. I set a mood. I turn my music on and stuff. But a lot of times. I'm tuning the music out because I'm thinking while I'm working. But I think the cooking part is more like um, the nostalgia from that connection I had with my grandmother. She made us pick beans and do all this stuff at a very young age. Um, So it always makes me think about my childhood and not the bad stuff. Just Being in that era, all the cousins and siblings growing up in the big house and eating together at a table and, you know, that sort of thing. So that's therapeutic, too, for me. Doing business in general is therapeutic. And most of it is not really get the money, get the money, get the money. It's just the fulfillment of executing something for me. I think completing something. And I think I've had so many periods in my life where I started this and started that and fell off, couldn't finish. Now it's just that fulfillment, that feeling I'm going to get going. you got it done or you did something right this time or somebody's happy with the result of what you did, a completion. You know what I mean? So maybe that is why it's therapeutic for me to do some of those things.
1: And you strike me as a get shit done kind of like person.
0: I am. I am, but I procrastinate a lot. And even when I tell people, like I beat myself up, the things, one of the things that I beat myself up about now is I feel like I'm not doing enough, and people always had a reaction like, "Well, what, how much more?" But I don't. I don't feel like I think I know the potential that I have to do so much more, and I think I need to stop putting it on. You could have had this by now, or your bank account should have been should be this by now, or whatever. You know, I have worked on that, too. But I know the things that have gotten in between me getting to certain levels. I'm fully aware of where these things kind of get a little fuzzy for me. So I'm cool with that because I know what it is. I just have to fix it. I just have to press forward and get it done.
1: What if, it's going to be hypothetical, hmm What if that voice in your head of saying you could be doing more is like your, 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 your mind's way of saying, it's not how much you're focusing on, but it's what you're focusing on. Hmm. Um,
0: It's not how much I'm focused on. I guess that's a little weird.
1: So when I'm hearing you, I'm hearing you say, you're doing a lot of shit, but there's some shit that you need to do that you're not doing. Yeah, That's
0: sure. And that, that could gel everything together and make it work.
1: That you're telling yourself subconsciously Okay, yeah, you're doing all of these things, but there's this one thing that you need to really motherfucking get cracking on <laughs> that you ain't getting cracking on for whatever reason. Um, yeah. And that is what you're, that's what you're telling yourself. Because I think on the surface, I don't think anybody is going to be, there's nobody that's going to look at what you're doing and be like, you ain't doing a lot. Like, and that might be why we're, but you know,
0: Yeah, I definitely
1: know. You know what's underneath the rocks. You know what I'm saying? You might paint that motherfucker. It might have a nice mural on it and all of that. But, you know, inside yourself, you're like, okay, yeah, you painted the rock. Now, you mind lifting that motherfucker up so you can see what's underneath there? Because, you know, now that's when the work begins. Whatever that fucking means, Mm -hmm. you know, to whoever. Cause that that could be what you're calling procrastination, maybe.
0: No, that makes sense. And like you said, like most wouldn't, most people like, what do you like? How much more can you even handle? And I people always you doing so much. How do you have time? And um, and it drives me crazy because I like to be humble about it. It's like, no, I'm I'm not doing nearly as half as I really could be doing. I don't know if I'm. If that's even logical, but that's how I feel. Like it gives me, even just now saying it to you and thinking, like in this moment, I know it's so much more, and it gives me anxiety that I'm not. But I also know what I have to do. Like I know what I could be doing, and I know how to get there. It's just getting through the process. And really, that's just, to be honest, that's just like cutting some shit off. Stop doing. It's really what I need to stop doing to get there. Um, whether that's you, know, going through a complete, not a complete isolation, because I still have to deal with people in order to get my bills <laughs> paid. Yeah. But you know, the isolation of the stuff that's really not necessary, not when I say, I, "I need this and this is what I'm trying to do. And that's a difficult process. But I know if I did that, even if I said I'm going to give myself six months to strictly work, deal with people that I have to deal with, but cut off the extras. You know, study more, read more, research on everything that I'm already doing, see how I can capitalize so that I'm not physically having to be cooking or be doing this or whatever. I can have a team over here doing this while this is happening. I shouldn't be running myself all over the place like I do. And it's not, it's tiresome in a sense, but I don't have to do half of the stuff that I do, but I know I can do all of them on a way different level if I balance out my lifestyle um, and find some healing, find some healing and figure out how to process, you know, my distractions and my vices and all those things.
1: Are dudes a vice Hmm? Are dudes men?
0: No, hell no. Women? No.
1: Oh, okay. I'm just. I had. To, I mean, it's no. 2022. It's, I just, it's <laughs> like,
0: and and that's the thing too. Like, when I'm in the way that I am, like right now, um, I don't want to be bothered with that. Like, I I can't entertain. I can do it temporarily, but I'll make it known. Like, I'm really not looking for too much right now because I can't. I'm focusing on getting through some stuff to get where I need to be. And when you try to, I'm not going to say all the time, because sometimes you can meet people who can actually be a great asset to many aspects of your life, but I don't know if it's a selfish thing or what, but it's kind of like, I don't want to, because I did it, I was in a relationship not too long ago, well, almost, it's been almost like two years. But um, that can be a distraction, depending on, you know, who you allow to, come into your personal space. And I'm the type of person with anybody that I care about, I'm going to overextend, you know, what you need, you okay? You know, even if I'm not getting that, that's just how I am. And then I take away from myself, what I can be giving myself. I'm dumping it on someone else.
1: So when you say distraction, a distraction from what?
0: What I need to be doing for myself.
1: And what do you need to be doing for yourself?
0: improving in many areas um everything we just talked about figuring out how to capitalize on all my businesses figuring out a way where i don't have to physically do everything that i know how to do where i can hire and trust a team of people to have this going on over here and my account is going where it needs to go in this area and now i got these over here versus me april having to physically be everywhere at one time because that's how it feels sometimes um yeah, and if, I'm, if I have somebody around, my, my conscious is telling me I have an obligation mm. to make sure that, and that's a lot. Because now I'm managing my businesses, I'm managing my personal life, and I'm managing somebody else's emotions and whatever else they bring in. That's just a lot. I'm not there yet. I'm when now. the last
1: time you been, you said you was in a relationship a couple of years ago.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Kids were never on the table for you.
0: Kids have always been on the table. Um, now it's kind of like, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I'm not thinking about it as much as I used to because, again, it's so much stuff I'm figuring out now. Like even that relationship let me know. Girl, you got a lot of shit to do before you can give your time and space to somebody else and take on whatever they bring into. So kids like right now is not a thought because I don't even have a head start in that process. I'm single, you know, and even getting to know somebody in this day and age is a lot of work. is you get into something you don't know what you're really getting into these days so. I don't think about kids as much as I used to.
1: Mm.
0: I'm just not in a position with anyone to even, you know, decipher is this somebody I could see me having kids with or being in this person's life for the rest of my life because that's typically what it will be. It's yeah. A lifelong contract.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I haven't. I thought I've met someone like that before, but now when I think about it, no. So I'm glad I haven't allowed that to happen with anyone yet.
1: Do you feel like you have had good relationships or good examples of love in your life?
0: Examples no. Not in the past. The examples that I see that are productive are now when I see my friends who are in happy relationships. Um not perfect but real relationships that's not messy and you know other than that, like childhood stuff and all of that, no. My mother was she had relationships. She was married once to my sister's um, father. I watched that. That was not something that I could say I learned from or got anything positive from. Um, and she's single now. She's not married. So I didn't get much from that. My grandmother, as far as love, I didn't get... I. I got from that as far as, like, family love, like, you know, making sure that everybody's taken care of and we look out for each other, that sort of thing, of course, but love as far as intimacy, relationships, and that sort of thing, not there either. I can't say that I've had many examples except for what you see on the TV, some fake stuff, but no, not directly.
1: So what do you, like, when you date a dude and you, uh, what do you look for? like in the brother?
0: It's not even what I look for, it's what I I make sure I, the stuff I don't wanna get, I look for that and that might be bad. It's more that, like, I hope he's not this way, I hope he doesn't do this this way. Cause the rest, I feel like naturally, if something is meant to be cool, then it'll, it'll be cool. But I don't know if I go into it wrong by kind of like, yeah, I hope he's not like this. That might be negative.
1: Give me an example, like I hope he isn't an abuser or a cheater, just as an example.
0: That's kind of even far out. It's the little stuff that I, it's the red flag sort of things that I look for so that I know to run off because I don't want to deal with those things that could happen far out, like abuse and stuff like that. So let's say if I met a guy um and all he does is brag about his success or his finances or his whatever, you know. but doesn't and the reason I'm saying brag is because it's one thing to share your accomplishments. Right, right. And then when it's an exchange going on, when you're telling me, you know, I used to be this way and this is what I achieved, but you're also interested in knowing where I'm at in life. But yeah. if it's just you sitting and you just give me the list, hit for hit for <laughs> hit, yeah. and you really not even wanting to get anything from me, to me that's a red flag. I don't need to know all those things, and guys do that. I'm not going to say they do it a lot, because I don't entertain people yeah. that I know has the tendencies of being that way, but I have had it where like it's like nerve-wracking, because it's like... I don't need that. Like, I want to get to know you. I don't need to know what, 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 your, how much your car was, what your house worth. <sighs> I don't need to know what you buying from the mall today. I don't need to know all of that. That's, that's nothing. To, I don't care about that stuff. Yeah. And you're not gonna hear that from me. So if you, and then also guys make the mistake of doing that, maybe assuming that not only do you want to hear it, but they gotta say that to get your attention and let you know what they're capable of. And to me, I don't want to deal with that because already, number one, you're shortchanging yourself because you're selling yourself. So if you feel like this is what you have to do to get a woman's attention, I don't want you anyway because that's weak to me. Mm. You can't just pull up and be chill or whatever and get whatever attention you're trying to get from her. If that's not enough, you being you, then I I don't want you anyway. Um, and then also, secondly, then it kind of makes me feel like you're prejudging me. I don't want to be prejudged. I don't want you assuming you got to pull your, your money out in front of me and, and that's going to make me stick around. That's clownish to me, you know, so it's those sort of, it's the tendencies, I guess, that I look for to, to, that lets me know, okay, this could be somebody that I could maybe chill with. It may last, it may not, whatever. But off the break, when I'm meeting people, certain things they may say, I'm like, uh, I'm never probably going to talk to him again.
1: I never thought about it from a, um, like, I don't want to say negative, I can't think of another word, but where it's saying, okay, I'm always looking, I think when I meet a woman, I'm looking for qualities that are there. And I guess the, because I'm assuming that all of the other shit is there to some degree with the bullshit because everybody got that with it. I think I'm looking for things that I feel can carry through that bullshit. Like if I'm looking for a car as an example. Yeah, the brakes may squeak, but the engine is solid. Right, And as long as the motherfucking engine is solid I can deal with the brakes squeaking because motherfucking brakes might stop squeaking, might stop but you know, engine is the engine. It's the life of the car. So and I think from that approach when I'm looking at it for women and maybe the reason why I do that is because in the past I've been so full of shit I've always tried to Get women to focus on the car and be like, oh, the brakes are squeaky and the brakes in, in my equivalent of brake squeak, it could be me shutting down and not opening up. As much as I talk now, I ain't always been like that. I was trying to hide some shit, mm-hmm. like some internal shit, but um, I want to make sure that the engine, the transmission is solid and then some of the other shit around And sometimes. And I think we all inherently have that. It's just, I think I want, if your brakes are squeaky, I want you to know that the motherfuckers are squeaky. Don't let me be, don't let me hear the brakes and you telling me that the brakes ain't squeaking. Because then I'm going to be like, okay, now this motherfucker don't even want to acknowledge reality. Right. And that is a problem from a bigger issue. Yeah.
0: Because it's hard. I'm sorry, I guess from what you just said, then, what I look for in a person, because when you initially ask, of course, um, you go and you think of the qualities. I look for the bullshit. To sum that up, I look for the bullshit first. I don't know if that's a healthy ap- approach, but I'd rather know. I don't want to find it out. Like, kind of what you're saying. Like, if, if if a person's, like, approaching you with... Yeah,
1: but don't we all got bullshit, though? Like, if you're only looking for bullshit... It's there.
0: No, I'm saying the bullshit that's going to lead me to like, okay, here's another one you wasted your time with. Because sometimes we, I've been in situations where I, I've ignored red flags. Um. And I make, I've made excuses like, okay, and I'm not perfect. They, I might have had them too, but I made excuses because I'm just like, okay, well, don't be so cut and dry all the time. You know, maybe it'll fade away. Or maybe if you say something, they'll, you know, but doing that, like ignoring things that you see, like this gonna be a problem, you know, Mm -hmm. and not addressing it or just, and it may seem small, but small stuff just leads to bigger things. And so now I don't want to go through that anymore. So yeah. I look for that. I look for the bullshit first, cause I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be with somebody and think, okay, I definitely don't think I can change anybody, but we can work together on some yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, but I don't want to do another however many years or months, and like, girl, you knew this though. You knew he was like that. You knew that that first day when he was doing this or saying mm-hmm. that, but you kept making excuses. And it's for not, you make excuses because you see what could be, you know, and I'm not perfect to cut somebody off every time they do some small thing that I don't like. Yeah. But I am going to say something to see like, hey, this doesn't work when you do this. This makes me feel a certain type of way. And if, it, if I address it or I let you know and it doesn't change, now I'm, I'm dealing with you don't respect me. You don't really fuck with me. you don't don't really love me or you don't really like me or whatever that is. So I just don't want to deal with that. When I get into it, I'm into it. I put a lot into it. And I I hate the feeling of, you know, my time was wasted because I don't have a lot of it. I'm trying to do shit for myself, you know. So for me to even allow somebody into my personal space enough to cut everything else off on a personal level, if anybody thought they had the potential of you know, courting me or being with me or whatever. If I meet somebody that I'm like, okay, this could be something solid, whatever. All that's getting cut off. I'm not gonna play the game and dwindle them out and slowly. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna do that. Like yeah. slowly let this one fade to black just until I see. I'm not gonna do. It. I'm just gonna cut it off. Say, all right, this will be doing. Let's see where it go. Cause I still got my other stuff to manage. And then if I do that, and I already got this other shit going on in my life, and then it ends up being a waste. I'm back to where I am now. Like, I don't even want to do it. I just focus on me.
1: Are you a religious person?
0: I'm spiritual. I'm not religious.
1: Okay. And spiritual meaning what?
0: I pray. Um, I have a belief system. I don't have, you know, I'm not, like, Specific on Jesus Christ and what it is and what it looks like. I'm not that. I do understand higher power. I do understand um, what I receive when I pray. There's not a, necessarily a face to it, it's more so a fulfillment and it's more so a confirmation wherever it comes from. I'm accepting of that. Um, and I learned that through like me meditating and mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know? Um, so I would, I'm definitely not religious. I don't study a certain thing or follow a certain thing, but I do know there is beyond me. I, of course I know that. You're connected to
1: something higher. Yeah. Okay. Um, The, I'm trying to, the piece about the therapy piece, and I, you know, I'm not sure, you know, what, your plan is, or anything for that. I I, I I don't. I hope you do something with that. I really truly do. Um, and and the, the, the fucked up part about therapy too is like it's not like you're done. It's like an ongoing kind of thing, but yeah. Um. Yeah, it's weird because it's something that I want to say, but I don't know how to say it. <sighs> yeah, I don't know how to say it.
0: Well, I do. I do like outside of the formal, you know, professional therapy. I do as some, and I probably need to go there first to even start the process of where I want to go for myself. I do plan on doing more therapeutic things. That I know for sure, um, aid in my sanity, my peace, my anxiety and all that type of stuff. And not just like painting and all of that, but like things that I know for sure have helped me in the past, but I just don't stick with them. And that is something that I struggle with too. I'm very like, I'm not going to say, I yeah, I get distracted easily, um, so I guess it's just finding a balance and, and finding some consistency, whether that's, you know, if, even if it's writing out a, what's those things? Uh, like a vision, vision board, yeah. or having a list of, a checklist of things to do every day to keep me in that space of improvement. But that's difficult for me. Mm-hmm. My mind just is always all over the place. I guess that's like the the whole start line of just being consistent. My attention span is is very short, I would say. (laughs) Because even though everything that I do for work is because I'm fully capable, I have the gift to do it, And people like, why you do, how you do so many things or why you do, it's really not because I want to do, I don't want to cook tomorrow, bartend the next day, um, make bags Thursday, go over here and do. That's not really what I want to do. It's just I have issues staying and sticking to one thing. That's the truth of it. What would
1: you do if you wanted to, if you, what would you, what do you want to do?
0: business like as far as like if yeah. I could do just one thing and mm-hmm. just I would say it would be like my art if I could just sit and you know have this big space where I could just that's all I'm doing every day I would probably do that
1: where do the dresses and the designs that you did for the dresses and and do they do they fit into that anywhere
0: they would um, they would. And when I said, yeah, they would. Those things are like, because it's still art. Yeah. Um, If they weren't as, you know, I wish I would have bought the book with me. If I didn't produce that stuff in the time that I did, if it didn't have sentimental value, and if it wasn't as good as it actually is, I would push that all to the side too and just say I strictly just... Would do my art, my painting, But that's not realistic right now because I got to do what's going to pay the bills. Yeah. But if I had it my way, that's what I would do. Just strictly paint.
1: So that's your default. Like in your, if you had, if you could just, painting is your shit. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think the reason I'm saying that now is because like I said, I've I've discovered how therapeutic it has been in the past few years. Because I wasn't always doing it. I've always been an artist and good at art throughout school, but I wasn't focused on art. I just got focused in the last probably six, seven years. And now that I'm seeing what it does for me, that fulfillment that I told you about, I think that's why I'm like, I would just rather do this. The other stuff is cool. It makes money and all of that, but it's it's physically tiring. I have to deal with people, with the art. I don't. I have to deal with the person when I'm making a sale, but I'm for the most part I'm producing in my own space. It's just me. My mind is flowing, and I'm going for that goal of the fulfillment of what I produce, what I completed.
1: Is there something you like to paint over? Other things like a image or something.
0: No, I do find that I do um, I do a lot of feminine stuff. I do a lot of feminine stuff, um, and it's always it seems to be a lot of emotion in it. And I know that comes from probably some stuff that I haven't, because I didn't notice at first, but after a while I just started painting just for myself not for people and every one of my paintings I looked at like all of them look beautiful but there's some sadness there's some pain or there's some emotion whatever that is and people when people start to ask me about it I'm like yeah so I'm painting from somewhere which is cool because that's what people buy into yeah they want that connection of whatever you had going on when you when you produce it but and I guess that is a part of the, the whole fulfillment, too, of, of getting that stuff yeah. out. Yeah, Even if that's the result of what ends up on the canvas is some pain or whatever, but it's out in that moment.
1: I, um, two of my favorite artists are Marvin Gaye and Stevie Wonder. And Marvin Gaye is my pain dude. He's the dude who I use when I wanna tap into my pain. And pain is something that I'm way more familiar with and comfortable with than love, way more.
0: Why do you wanna tap into your pain? And I'm not saying, I, cause I never heard somebody say that, but that's what we do. And so, I, I'm not the interviewer, but
1: like... No, w- w- hold on. I thought if we were interviewing each other, okay. we wouldn't be talking. I thought it was a conversation. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's, we're, 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 we're conversating. So please ask more questions. But okay. um, because it's it's the value that I give the pain. Pain in and of itself isn't bad. It's what I tell myself about the pain that makes it bad. Um, We did a podcast called the, uh, I can't remember what it was called, but it was about shifting our relationship to pain and how it can actually be, there's a lot that you can learn when you embrace it and understand it and shift your relationship to it that I didn't understand. And there's a reason why I gravitate towards it. And I've always gravitated towards it. Maybe it's the way I was raised as a kid. Maybe my experiences as a childhood has made as a child has made me super receptive to that part of life experience. And rather than try to cut it off, like I've been trying to do or ignore it or act like it doesn't exist, Why not lean as opposed to turning away from that motherfucker? Why not turn all the way back, look at that shit for exactly what it is and just be like, okay, I see you. And in the moments when I have done that, what I've learned is that love is there too. And so I've gotten better at embracing the pain and not labeling it bad. So that's why I do it. Okay. What?
0: So I was I'm I'm just listening and when you said you're able to and that's a great ability when you said I'm able to go smack at it versus labeling labeling the pain as bad. As you was talking, I'm thinking of certain situations that still bother me to this day. That may have happened when I was a little girl or a teenager or a young adult. And when I try to say, okay, just go do what you just explained you do, like I said earlier, it doesn't... I try to understand it first, and I guess so I can forgive whoever inflicted that pain. Um... And it, the understanding of maybe whatever their reasons were or whatever, and you said it's, you found love there, and I'm like, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not there. Like, I can forgive, but I'm like, still, why me? Or what was the reason? Um, certain people I have been able to forgive, whether that I made them aware or not, but then I keep revisiting it. Yeah. then I'm back to square one. So I'm like, am I thoroughly forgiving them or am I just saying it to think that it's just going to go away and I'll be able to manage better? But I'm like, maybe I'm not forgiving like I think I am or I don't know, it's just weird. Like I can I can be good for a certain X amount of time and then it could be something maybe that triggers. Maybe I see something on TV. Maybe somebody may say something that makes me think. Whatever it is, I'm back to that like, why did you do that to me sort of thing?
1: And, and the love that is there is the love for self. And, and the forgiveness for me is the forgiveness of self. I, I try to, a lot of times I, I used to tell myself that what happened to me was me and was because of me when i would look at that pain when i was younger oh that had to happen to me because it was it was all in my head some way shape or form a reflection of me and not anything else so oh because it happened to me subconsciously somewhere i felt like i may have deserved it now this is this is the mind of a 10 year old a 12 year old a 14 year old not fully understanding. I had a woman who came on and her stepfather was doing some wild shit. She literally was trying to protect her mother and the way she did that was by not saying anything So she took all of it and owned it and took the responsibility on herself to not say anything because she knew that her mom loved her stepfather and she didn't want to put her stepfather in a position to make a decision or to choose between her. Of course, her mother would choose or at least in that dynamic, her mother would choose her. But in her in her young mind, she wasn't really understanding. So this so she internalized it and made it all about her at that point in her life, when the shit was happening, when shit is happening to me as a younger person, things start cutting off because you got to survive. You got to get to the next motherfucking day. You don't know how you going to do it, but you just know you need to do it. And the brain and emotions and all that kind of shit is real good at cutting it off. And the way that I helped acknowledge a lot of that, I had to, for me, I had to look at what happened and accept it. And that wasn't, and when I say love was there, it. that shit for me did start to turn to love because the person at that point got stuck, so if something happens to you when you're 12, at least for me and my understanding of what happened, what's going on with me, you go up to a certain point and you're 12 and then something happens to you. You might get older in like motherfucking years, but that 12-year-old had to start cutting shit off so to survive. And so as I got older, that 12-year-old stayed behind. And so the twelve, the, the, the 45, 46 year old James had to start going back. And I, I learned this through a therapy session. I had to go love him. That's how I had to get him out. And I'm using these terms very loosely and so forgive me if it, some of it doesn't make sense. I, I I don't know any way really other than to describe it but I had to go love that 12-year-old boy and let him know that it wasn't him. There was nobody else really there to say that. And so I had to go back and tell him, but I couldn't just grab him and bring him along. I had to go actually acknowledge him and the things that happened in that moment. And that's where, that's where the love is when that act takes place.
0: Okay, so that you just made something make make sense or, like, kind of, I can understand it more now in a sense of, to a degree, um, when I got to be, like, I guess, like, my late teenage years, I I did not like, I kind of hated being, like, attractive (laughs) because of the attention, the unwanted attention. And the... Being as though moments that made me very uncomfortable came from people who are supposed to be protecting me. You know, supposed to be close to me. So when you're dealing with it that close... I mean, you get to, you know, walking down the street, somebody hollering and all, you can deal with that, but when you get it from somewhere where you're not supposed to get it from, it makes it that much worse. Um, and for, and of course, I never walked around saying, oh, I wish I was ugly, or I wish, not." I don't even want to say ugly, but, you know, I was, but for me, I did, I, I just wish I could take off some of the stuff, you know, and a person might hear me talk like this, like, oh, that's bullshit, or... No, it's really not. And I know I'm not the only woman or person that feels that way. The whole being light-skinned, the whole long, just the whole having a certain shape, all of that, what people may think is flattering or whatever, when you've had things done to you because of that, that's why I'm not a person that walks around boasting or acting a certain way. I'm not prissy. I'm not, oh, here I go. I'm... Kind of like how I'm talking to you is that's my personality more so. It's not. I'm here. And I don't. I don't need it. And I don't even know if it came from that. It probably did. And I always wondered, like, people, oh, you so chick You know, when people say, "Oh, I didn't think you would be this cool," or "Oh, okay," what you really mean to say is you think that I, I'm a, I'm going to be a certain way because of mm-hmm. what people are used to women portraying to be a certain way because of their attributes and all that. its like, oh, you really cool? Yeah, I don't need that. I don't even want it, you know. Um, And so when I was, you know, a young teenager, I hated it. And from the source that it came from, it was disgusting some of the things that were said to me and done to me. And I always looked at that as, like you said, kind of like it's my fault because of the way I look type of thing. When that's ridiculous... So now, as an adult, I can say when I look back at those situations, no, of course not. It wasn't your fault. That was the, the person that's that person's shit. I'm happy to have whatever God gave me. I'm I'm I can accept that now. I embrace that now. So I guess that is that going back to that yeah. young teenager, like, no, that you ain't had nothing to do with that. That was their shit. So I'm glad you made that point, because that made me see that time in that same way.
1: We're really good at adapting and surviving and getting to the next day. And sometimes we got to put a lot of shit to the side so that we can make it. You know, and that's justified. But sometimes the things that we're doing to do that are only designed for short term things. You can cut something off for so long that you, can, that you can forget that it was even fucking necessary or that it was even a part of who you are. Like the good parts, or I don't to say, more parts of who you are because you just needed to get out of that situation. And now I'm out of this traumatic, let's say I'm out of the crib. I left the crib when I was 17. Why am I still running around this motherfucker at 55 years old? acting like I'm still in the crib at 17. I, I'm on defense, I got my posture up, I got my antennas up, I'm doing all of these things. I got, I'm responding to the environment, even though I'm older in the way that I was when I was 17 or 15 in that moment, not realizing that I'm no longer in it now. It's the, it was something that I had to do, but like my relationships with people I would cut a nigga off in a minute, like the minute I felt, I, 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 I if, if I sensed a, a sense of weakness, or you ain't a solid motherfucker. Like when I was in Kansas City, that was necessary, cause you only be as strong as your weakest link when you in the streets and dealing with shit and doing shit. Now, I can extend a motherfucker some grace. Forty-five, okay, you, you're not perfect. I'm not either, great, let's figure out how we can accept each other. But I had to literally consciously make a decision to be more accepting of other people because I had this this outdated, this 1992 way of, of assessing friendships. And it's a totally different time now.
0: And I'm totally opposite of that now. I'm very able. And it's so easier for me to, now, because I think I accepted so much back whenever I did, from whoever I did. So now it's just, when I see, and maybe that was goes back to, when you was asking me about what I look for in guys, the minute I see one red flag, it's like, I don't want to deal with that, because it's probably going to end up being this. And I'm like, nah, I'm out. Because I don't, I don't want to deal with, not just the nonsense, But maybe it's the fear of just recycling those same old feelings and my mind will, like, cut it off now. Even though it might not even, I can't predict what it may be. But just to know that it could be that, feelings that I just don't want to keep having to revisit, I just cut it off and run. I'm out of there.
1: Let me ask you, what red flags do you think you exhibit to dudes? That
0: me cutting... Me shutting down. Um,
1: Now, there's a difference between red flags and fuck nigga type shit. I want to (laughs) make sure that I'm clear, right? There is a distinct... I want to make sure we're not adding...
0: Okay. So I would say maybe like... Overanalyzing, maybe. And when I say overanalyzing, for me, with the person, I might... For me, I am over. I know I'm overanalyzing, and me doing that, it may make me break you down in a sense of, because I'm just trying to confirm my own thoughts or assumptions, so I'm leading conversations with what I'm trying to get to know if I'm right about what I feel or think of you which could be a, a manipulation in a sense. And that could be a red flag. Like why, why every time I say something, she she got a question for it or, and it's because I'm trying, because I want to figure it out and I want to figure it out now. I don't have time to figure it out after you done hurt my feelings or after we done got into an argument or this. I want to know it now. And that, I'm sure that could be a red flag to someone.
1: So you're not good you're not you're not comfortable with not having it figured out.
0: No. And it can come off as having control issues. Um, the not knowing stuff is is a lot for me. And that's not just in relationships, just situations. What's about to happen next, or what's gonna come of this? It's like it gives me serious anxiety. So I'm sure that I have displayed that in getting to know people or in relationships. Because I just wanna know. I feel like I just I just gotta know. And I gotta know now. So whatever means of, of getting that out of you, I gotta take, however I gotta figure you out and, and know how to get you to say what I need you to say is I'm I'm gonna do it.
1: And you might really like that dude.
0: But I'm still doing it because I like you, but I still gotta know if I'm wasting my time or not. I still just got to know. It's always a, I got to know.
1: What would you want that dude to do in those situations?
0: Lead. In which that most wouldn't know or think that I'm the type to allow someone to lead me or be submissive in a sense to a situation or relationship but when I do those have those tactics that I just explained to get to know get to the core of it real quick if somebody had the I don't know what to call I'm not gonna say power but if somebody understood that like oh maybe she's been through something maybe she's just trying to Protect herself because a lot of it is what it is. I'm guarded, so I just want to know before I, I, it happens. So, if somebody could understand that and, and lead with it's going to be all right. I'm not here to give me a chance. You know, if they could do that, I could accept that. Most of the time, it doesn't happen that way.
1: That's beautiful. That's hard as a motherfucker, especially when we're not doing that for ourselves. And I think sometimes we're asking people to do something that we're not willing to do. And and, at least as it relates to ourselves, we don't know necessarily with the level of clarity why we're doing some of the shit that we're doing. We just know we're doing it, and we know we want the motherfucking feeling to go away. Yeah. Period. Now, we know know that there's something underneath that is pure and genuine and sincere, and we really care about this person, but, you know, at the end of the day, motherfucker, like you said, I got to know. I need to get that question in my head answered, and I can't move until that motherfucker's done. I'm similar in that way. I just so happened to pick a relationship with a woman who's the exact motherfucking opposite. Would you go figure that out? And I'm the nigga who needs to know. And she's the woman who I need time. And that's the last thing you can give a motherfucker who needs to know now is time. And so, no, go ahead.
0: And so that could be another red flag, because as you're saying that, like, I do that, but then when it's done to me, it's very uncomfortable. It's like, give me time. I'm not about to give you all my – why are you asking me that? What? That's too much. It's too much too soon. I'm giving that, but not realizing – but look what you – you know, and maybe because I'm not um, – they don't know the reasons why I'm pulling, you know what I'm saying? I'm not really asking direct questions. I'm just saying things to get things out. But they are being direct. I, I want to know this. What made you, how you, that's too much. Calm down because I don't even know if I'm going to be around you next week. So I'm not about to give you but so much. So I'm that way. And like you said, sometimes we want, we want a lot of what we're not willing to give and i had that thought today before i left the house i was thinking about relationships i think i was thinking about what you could possibly want to talk to me about and i said somehow i think it's going to be relationships and that was the first thing came to my mind like in my past relationships it's been a lot of people wanting more than what they are even willing to give and so now by you asking me that that's something that now i've I know I need to work on. Because if you hadn't asked me that, I wouldn't have thought that through like that. Nobody would ever ask, oh, what f- red flags do you think you present?
1: And that's what I meant when I said, we all got bullshit. Like, and again, fuck nigga behavior is not what I'm talking about. A like, nigga doing sly shit. Like, that, that's something completely separate. I'm talking about those, I'm talking about this kind of bullshit. This is the bullshit. Mm-hmm. And this is the and this is the these are the things I feel like we do that justifies the fuck nigga behavior because we really not addressing <laughs> yeah. what we need to address to even get to to so that it doesn't get to that point. It would be cool if we just stay here on that. Like, oh, well, I'm playing a game. So I'm asking you that. I'm not telling you that. Give me a minute. As long as it can stay there. But what ends up happening is it starts snowballing into other shit and we not, and nobody's really willing. The way we resolve it is by ending the relationship in most cases. And we're really not resolving the root of the issue. We're just Disconnecting from that and connecting to something else so that we can repeat what we just did over in the other joint. We ain't fixing shit. Because we're showing up everywhere and then we wondering why ain't nothing changing and then we say stuff like work on and not to say you said that, but you're going to always be working. It's not a, it's not a, the real question is, and this is a question me and a conversation me and my ladies have, what do you want to work on and who do you want to work on it with like you're gonna always work that's a yeah it's it's just a motherfucking part of life and who's worth doing the work with but we're gonna always have this bullshit it's just a part of life um you all right
0: i'm cool just thinking
1: Why do most of your relationships break up?
0: That's what I was just thinking about. We do this a lot. I think this how <laughs> those conversations at the bar, that's how it got us here. But, yeah, so when you just mentioned, like, patterns, like you just you taking your bullshit, you stopping it here, and now you're going to go fuck up somebody else's shit. Not fuck up, but you're you taking it over there, you know. And they probably got some, too, of course. Um... I think a lot I think for me um, is a feeling of not being appreciated you know well it's the feeling of not being appreciated that always ends up making me resent have resentful thoughts and feelings towards a person and I think the feeling that comes from me putting so much in, not expecting to have it equally reciprocated, but just it, it, it never feels like it's as much as, she, as much as it should be or could be. I always feel like I'm doing far more than the next, always. And I'm talking about from my younger relationships to my most recent one. Um, like I'm just extending myself way too far.
1: Why do you feel you're doing that?
0: Probably looking for them to see what I'm, this is what I'm giving you. I'm I'm willing to bend over backwards for you. I'm willing to cut this person off for you. I'm willing to be affectionate and be all over you. If you need something, you got me. Like I'm willing to be, I'm doing all this probably Probably one because I'm not used to it being done for me. So I just want to give it because I got it. And I like being like that. I like being like most people wouldn't think it, but when I'm in a relationship, I'm in it. Like I'm all over you, I'm all in your face. I don't believe
1: it. Like me, me being you would literally have to be in a relationship in order for me to believe it because I I can't even imagine you. Anyway, I'm fucking with you. But no,
0: yeah, that's how I am. And so, I don't know, it just always ends up being bullshit, like, I just feel unappreciated. And I hate that feeling because I feel like I do a lot and I overextend, and I, it's not that I need it back. I just need you to understand what you have, because I could be a different way, but I'm not. And even if I know you don't deserve some of the ways that I am with you, I'm still doing it, because for me it's like an obligation. Can I say something? Of course.
1: And I'm about to say this like with love, okay? You're underappreciating yourself. That could be. And I think through the conversation, through the whole conversation that we've had, And I know what it looks like, right? So, because it's me. There's something that you are purposely distracting yourself from that you know you need to do. And it is so much easier to blame others than it is to look at why you're not doing it. Look to, to, than it is to address why you're not doing it. The it, it the reason why I feel like a lot of people pour into other people is because they don't know how to pour into themselves in a healthier way. It's like a it's like a it's like a glass, like a cup. We can't we can't come to the table with a with a glass that's empty and ask somebody to feel it and then judge them for not being able to. That's something that we're supposed to do for ourselves.
0: Right. That makes sense.
1: So when you go to that dude and you're saying you're pouring into him and you're giving him, fuck that. What you should be pouring into is you in the healthy forms that you know you need for like yourself, right? That nigga is just there to witness it and to be the recipient of witnessing because you're coming to that bitch as whole and full as you possibly can, asking him to just motherfucking tag along. Because they can't give us what's missing because It's not for them to give in that way. And the things that you were saying earlier that you know you need to do, Mm -hmm. that you're trying to figure out, that you're doing the work on, is the pouring that you really need that them niggas just ain't gonna be able to give you. They just, that nobody, that nobody can. And it's cool when we get into relationships with people and be like, yo, this is me, I'm struggling with porn. The fact that a motherfucker could probably just say that, like as an example, like, hey, I'm just figuring, I'm, I'm struggling, You're like, cool, damn, I'm trying to, I'm struggling with that too. And you might meet another motherfucker because the idea that we're gonna be perfect for this shit, me and my woman, we struggle. Like, we've just decided to just do this shit together. But we are gonna hold ourselves accountable first, and then we ask the other person to make sure they hold us accountable. I can't, I'm here to work on my shit. I can't carry your motherfucking cross, I can't do none of that shit for you, but I can help you carry yours, mm-hmm. but, but when you try to make me carry that motherfucker, I gotta push it back and be like, yo, that ain't my shit. Um, And sometimes when people are doing that, depending on where they are, that comes off as selfish. Yeah. But it's really the most loving thing that we can do for people in our lives to show up as full and as whole as we possibly can, especially when we know there are things that we need to work on. And sometimes turning your back and looking straight in to that motherfucking abyss of pain, fear, whatever it is, to address it head on. I remember the one time I literally told myself, I'm going to die in this bitch before I turn back around. And it's so weird how your relationship to this stuff changes. But I'll stop there.
0: Oh, that's cool. And that that goes back to when you asked me about, like, like, where I am now, from the last relationship I was in, like, I'm not, I can't, I can't give anybody, that's why I said I'm not in that space, because I know it's not going to make sense. It's not, because I'm already entering, like we just said, I'm already entering with stuff that I'm still bullshitting myself with. Yeah. So you're going to catch this bullshit, too, even though it's not my intent, but you're going to catch it. So it's not even going to be fair. You know,
1: so. It could be fair if you tell them. You could, you, you, if you meet a dude right now, you like him and there's, let's say there's something about that motherfucker that's different. You might be like, hey, look, this is where, this is where I am. Not not to say y'all going to start doing a whole bunch of shit or whatever, but like you just said with the dude, the transparency and the honesty shit is what makes a lot of it fair. It's when it's not transparent, when motherfuckers is playing games and and, and holding back. Now, if that's where you are in the process and you're self-aware enough to know that you're still in that phase of it, then yeah. But if you're, excuse me, if you're legitimately in the process, and not to say, I mean, you, you you know what it, you know what you want and what you need in the time, so I'm, I'm definitely respectful and mindful of that, but the notion that we're going to be anywhere close to far along, because the real practice of this shit is when you're in it. It's like... It's like when my mom, when me and my mom was beefing when I was like in my early 20s, I would go to therapy and my mom and I wouldn't talk for like six months or something. And i go to therapy, I'd be like, yeah, I'm making motherfucking progress. I done made strides. I done really motherfucking did this shit. And I get into a conversation with my mom and now I'm triggered in ways, now this shit is starting to show up that I thought had motherfucking went away. Mm-hmm. And it's showing right back up. I didn't make no motherfucking progress. I actually need my mom, I actually need my relationship with my mother to gauge whether or not a <laughs> nigga's growing. Because without it, I wouldn't know. Now I know I am because when we when we have certain tits and tats and shit, I don't respond the way that I used to. Mm-hmm. I'm a lot more accepting of things now because I wasn't If I just ignored her ass, God forbid, I, I, I won't. But I would never know. And sometimes in relationships when you're trying to figure out if there's some progress in one area or another, you, you, you only know that in the motherfucking relationship.
0: So I guess that's why I said, like, at this point, I'm, I wouldn't allow And am not saying I can't meet nobody and be cool, whatever, or we make it apparent this is what it is, it ain't going to be, you know, just so you know, that, you know. But as far as like something deep yeah, and all that, yeah. I'm not there right now because I'm still, I'm guarded I in many you. ways. And and that wouldn't be fair because I'm not going to open up so much. And I can't, I'm not, I'm not even, re- some stuff I haven't even spoken on out loud to myself. Gotcha. That I've never, I can talk to you about certain things. I can talk to this friend about certain things. Certain people can get certain things, but it's stuff that I've never even verbally said, in a room by myself yet. Gotcha. So that wouldn't be fair if somebody really is seeing me for, oh, my God, I could really do a lot with her. She's awesome. Well, she's this, she's that. It wouldn't be fair to that person because I ain't ready for yeah. what you, what I what you probably see you can get from me. And you might be able to, but I'm just not going to even allow you to get into that space and then it ends up getting dropped off
1: because I'm like, oh yeah.
0: I'm. A, I'm gonna push back. I know I am without even trying because I'm still guarded.
1: That's where you are. Are You normally the one leaving relationships.
0: Um. I've only been. Yeah. Yeah, for the most part, and it it was circumstantial, circumstantial like things that happened. Yeah. Like I'm not about to just keep accepting that or keep. doing this, like, all right, whatever. I don't deserve that.
1: From your vantage point, how do you think dudes are, like, showing up nowadays with, like, women?
0: Very, um, from what I see. From my experiences and from hearing other people talk or having conversations with female friends and stuff like that. And from what I see, of course, on social media, it's not genuine. It's very clownish. It's very staged. Um, It's very, let me show you and talk about this and make you think this versus, just show up and be cool and I'll figure it out. We'll, we'll see how cool you are. It's more like let me put this sh- let me put the show on. And and it's worse now, of course, because you got social media. You got you know people talk, people are nosy. They want to know if I showed up right now and posted a picture that I'm on a yacht with somebody. Oh, he got a, he must got some money or I wonder who this is cuz she don't normally do that. So who let's find out who this person is cuz she never does that. She never uh exposes her personal life unless it's like somebody like she must yeah. be in a, she must be in a relationship or he he must be doing that because she don't do that. Like people they got to know so much and the and the guys are doing things out of their way these days that for some women it works because they ain't looking for nothing anyway. They looking for the quick whatever. They know it's not going to last, but they don't care. They just want to get as much as they can get and get on. And guys know that. So that's their approach. That's been, I meet people and have great conversations. I'm out all the time by myself. I do meet guys and they talk and whatever. Some don't even ask for a number. Some just wanting to have a conversation. I just so happen to be there. Then you have the ones, like I said before, You pull up, you got to start telling me about it's one thing to say I run a successful business that started this way last month, and now it's escalated to this. What a blessing! That's different from, yeah, because you know what I'm saying. I mean, we spend this, you know, and I could—that's uh, too much. You don't even know me. You don't know if I'm uh, how if I'm shady. You don't know if I'm out here on that type of time. Like, okay, you got what? You doing what?
1: You live With? where?
0: Yeah. So why expose yourself? That much in that in that regard, and that's what men are showing up doing these
1: days. What do you think that's in response to? Because it securities. Because from a dude's standpoint, I see a lot of women doing something similar, but with like their bodies.
0: I knew you was gonna say that.
1: And and and, it, and it's not a judgment, mm-hmm. but and and if and if I'm on this side as a dude who's whack and who lacks certain skill sets, and I think that's what the women want, and they're would I show up in that way in trying to get them? Not to say it's right, none of it is, but I'm just saying. I, I don't want I don't know what like came first or if that's such a right thing or not.
0: But that's just it. What you said, like you showing up a certain way because you're already prejudging this 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 person or you're prejudging an era of women or whatever, and you assume that this is what you have to do. Because to, mm. this is what you're saying. Not to say it, it's new, but it's just I guess it's it's just more now because everybody's trying to make an impression but it's how you go about making the impression and who are you trying to impress do you even know who you're trying to impress like I said if, a, if somebody pull up and we can't if we end up having a conversation like if I have a random conversation at a bar or I'm at a wherever I'm at a party whatever and I end up having an intellectual conversation or just a cool ass conversation with somebody that's more likely for me to be like oh, okay at least I know he can have a conversation. That's more interesting than the conversation being about
1: yeah the
0: stuff that you think you got to tell me for this to go further. I'm already seeing what you're on, and that's not for me. It used to be when I was younger. That stuff gets old. The older you get, well, the more you want. I'm not even going to put it on age. The more you want for yourself, the less you feel like the bullshit.
1: And I think that what and, I, and I, was, I think the male equivalent for that for a woman is the provocative dress in a way. Now there's a difference between showing curves, right? I'm not, to me there's a difference. But I think that for, the guy, for, for, a certain, for a certain kind of guy, that is that for us. I don't think a dude really gives a shit about a woman and how much stuff she got and all of that and how she's doing this and that and the third. Or a dude who got paper, that ain't really a thing. But but the equivalent of that is doing all of this wild shit. That would be that is cool for some people. I was cool, like you said, like, back when I was younger, but when I wanted more, I, I think I'm gravitating towards women who have a different kind of relationship with their body than that in the same way that a dude would probably have a different kind of relationship with his success and with his money than wearing it on his sleeves and, and and on his and talking about it all the time. I think it's just different.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting because the same way, the same way I could be somewhere and be, um, not necessarily exposed, but look in a certain type of way. And from across the room, you're like, oh, okay, all I probably gotta do is buy a bottle, let her see I'm able to buy a $300 bottle in this space, or buy her, pay her bill or whatever, her tab, or something like that, I'm gonna get her number, and it's gonna go further. But then that all depends on when you approach and what you get from me. Yeah. Because when you approach, and I'm like, no, I'm, I'm good. What about you? Can I get you a drink? That's a whole different, like, oh, okay. She's not really on that. Yeah. And I respect that she's not a gimme. She's willing to, because I do that a lot. Like, I don't, I'm not here for that. Now, if you want to sit and conversate, that's one thing. But don't pull up thinking that that is going to be the thing. Yeah. You'll lead with me. And then also, depending on the way the conversation goes, if we go into it and, you know, you start off the way you start off, but I receive it different, or I give you something different, completely different from what you thought you was gonna get, and I immediately start talking about business, and that's like, okay, I didn't come over here to hear her talk about that. <laughs> but that also is like, okay, so I probably let her go ahead because that's not what I, I know what yeah. I'm trying to get. Yeah. Now, if you, you might be, you might be stricken by it, like, oh shit, let me see where this could go, because yeah. she's not what I thought she was. I just. I saw all that. I wanted to come see how far I could get, but she's on. She got a different approach. No matter now, you're not even tripping off this no more. You like okay. She she's somewhere else with it. So it's all about what your intentions were in the first place. In the
1: first place, and and I think the reason why I mentioned that because I didn't think about it till you just said it. I think some. We're both doing things on both sides <laughs> for different reasons. I'm sorry, for the same reason. They're just showing up in different ways. We can't, well, I guess there's some dudes who could do it. And but your intentions are gonna always get exposed at some point in time, no matter what. It just depends on just having enough time to do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um I ain't the kind of dude who wear a bunch of clothes and be all flashy and all of that kind of stuff out. so you don't know what I live, you don't know what kind of car drive, what kind of car drive or nothing like that. So you might just be dismissing me just off the bat because I don't show up. In the same way a dude would be overlooking a woman who's dressed down because she ain't showing all of this. Now, you end up, you forget the fact that she's banging. She's just wearing something loose and ain't accentuating all of her shit on that day. But you ain't even really have a conversation with her to get to know who she really was on that level and then all of these other things. So it's fucked up on both sides. But because I feel that way about women, about what I look out in the sphere on how women are showing up for dudes. I feel like that's the equivalent on my side and even what I hear dudes, you know, kind of like talk about.
0: I think when y'all do that, it's like, it can be three women standing right next to each other, friends or not. A could have one next to nothing. B could have one, half of that, a little more than her. And C could be head to toe. No matter where they are in life, you won't know until you talk to them or you witness it. I think with Charles, like, again, with the intent, you'll look and see which one will I have to do more work for or with? Like, how hard is it going to be? She looked like, you know, from her appearance, she probably ain't. She looks like she wants the attention. It's going to be easy with her. She have dressed anyway. She wants somebody to say something to it. It's gonna be easy work. I think y'all kind of judge that too. Like, how much work and effort do I, am I gonna have to? And if it's less, then y'all probably will more so go in that direction, which you really don't know because you're prejudging from the outside uh, looking in.
1: So when you say we would probably we wouldn't go for the super pretty one, we would go for the the one that's. Ba- I'm, I'm just well, throwing just words. Just
0: like being as far as like yeah, not appearance wise, not like pretty or anything. Just what looks more challenging to me.
1: That's what Just, we would avoid?
0: Yes. I kind of feel like y'all do that. Like, she came out, she knows what she wants. I'm going to go ahead and holler at her because clearly she wants the attention. She wants somebody to see her.
1: It's weird because I, I think I fall in two camps at least. One, there's some dudes who are... Let me take a step back. Most motherfucking men are beyond intimidated by women, especially attracted women. I've heard that. And we will do everything in our motherfucking power to avoid conversations with them at all costs. That woman will have to do so motherfucking much in order to give us any, in order for us to muster up the courage to, 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 um, to even say something to her. That, by the way, is, I don't want to say most, at least half of dudes. Myself included. Then there's the other side who, it's a lot of emotional work that men go through before we even say something one month, before we we say one word, because we in our head. And sometimes we won't go to that pretty one because that's too intimidating. So we'll actually go down a little bit to the to when I'm just going to scale. I know this sounds fucked up, but I can't think of no other way to do it. But we'll go to the middle one or this some whatever because it's more of a reflection of how we feel about ourselves. We think that the pretty woman sometimes is too good for us, or they don't they won't want us anyway. Or they want something different than what they only want the baller. They only want to do with all of the money. They only want the dude gonna spend a bunch of money on them or something like that. So we don't even, in most cases, even 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 reach out to them. And and if me and my homeboys go out somewhere and it's four or five bad, and and sometimes from what I've heard with women is that women know that, and the and the and the, the bad one out of the group is so used to not getting talked to. That that's why some of the times they be having attitudes out of the whole clique of the girls is because dudes won't give them a time of day. Or when I say attitudes meaning not as friendly, because they like you gonna end up picking one of them. And and again, all this is flexible. Yeah. Ain't none of this shit a hundred percent. But I don't know if I could say with a blanket statement that that's necessarily true. Because I move off a vibe anyway. If I'm talking to three girls and I ain't feeling nothing nowhere, visual alone is never enough for me to walk up and say something to somebody. Never. I got to feel something there in order for me to explore.
0: So that even, so when you say that, like, again, like if you had A, B, and C, one is skimpy, one is midway dress and one is fully dressed and we just you know like you said it's flexible all that stuff that you process and before you even go over it and choose who you're going to say hello to you're already probably dealing with whatever insecurities whatever how am I going to approach her or which one should I approach I know I, this one looks attractive they all look attractive but which one may be, it may be easier for me I don't have to say much or do much, or when I do show up, just do something to, like the people that I said come and they lead with money, or can I do this for you? So that way I don't have to do work of, I don't have to do the middle work. Let me just throw something out so you think I'm a nice guy or I'm a provider or whatever. Let's just get to that. Let's skip over the conversations and and you picking my brain or any of that because I'm trying to avoid that because I'm not good with that. So let me lead with something else.
1: Those are the dudes who go for the pretty women.
0: Which is also, again, that prejudgment. Yeah. So you, you coming over here with the bullshit.
1: But that guy, though, a guy like me, the, a guy like me would go and strike up a conversation with everybody because all of them have equal value in my mind at that point because I'm starting from a baseline. Mm-hmm. I just met everybody. unless Unless I see somebody who... Look, you know how y'all do, sometimes you'll look twice and you'll be like, and then you'll do like a little bullshit and then she'll lean over to your homegirl and then you can tell she said something and be like, girl, look at that dude behind me and then she might turn around and be like, oh, okay. And something like that might happen. Now she has, I might hone in on her a little bit more and see what kind of connection is there regardless of how the person looks. It's the dude who is just about that money who's going to go after that pretty girl. And I think when everything is equal, from meaning from I don't know you, there's no, there's no looks, there's no none of that, the money dude is going to go after the pretty girl the majority of the time because in his, val- in his mind, his value is his money. And he's going to try to meet her where he feels her perceived value is. For a dude whose value is wrapped up in some other shit and he meets a group of women, he's going to wait to see he's going to fill it out to determine what's really there as opposed to the visual
0: right makes sense
1: so that's the two differences but
0: and it's all I oh don't know it come, that all of that comes from so many different things you know how we approach people was the reason we're approaching them in the first place you know,
1: do you ever approach dudes?
0: No, I've started conversations, but not like a, like a, ooh, oh, let me go say something to him. No.
1: Mm-mm. That sounds funny. No. Oh, let me go say something. He looks to nice.
0: Him. Okay, he just looks nice. That's. But that's it. That's it. I'm not. I don't think I've ever really done that. I don't, no, I haven't. I haven't. If I have, I don't remember. I don't think so. I don't mind, like, you know, starting a conversation. But then, even then, you know, because sometimes, like I said, I'm out by myself a lot. I may be in the mood to have a conversation or just be sociable. But then it's like you got to be, I have to be careful with that. Well, women in general, people in general, because... You could just be having that great of a day, and you chilling. It's good vibes all around you. Somebody pull up to whatever side. All right, you right here. Let's have a conversation. Some people just can't take it and leave that where it is. So, it, for some, it's like I ain't even think she would say anything to me. So yeah. oh, it must be this or she. No, I'm just I'm just talking. It don't mean I want to take it any further than what it is. So you kind of gotta. It's bad that you can't just genuinely hey, whoop de dudes, let's talk, hey, kiki ha yeah. Because some people aren't rap type. Yeah. You can't just be nice to some people. Cause they're not even expecting you to acknowledge them in the first place. Especially if they are doing a prejudgment thing. Like, why is she talking to me? She too she looked like she would talk to this the guy over there. Why is she what she want for, or what she want from me is 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 either the why she talking to me in the first place or, oh, what's she up to? What's she, what she want from me? What's she trying to do? Most of the time it throws people off when you're just cooling and just, Hey, what's up? How you have a good day when it's done?
1: I forget that y'all be having to, I mean, I'm a dude. I guess I'm supposed to forget. It's a
0: lot but. and you shouldn't have to process stuff like that. But you do, especially this day and age. Cause you never know the type of people out here and who you meeting, especially as a female. It's bad, actually. So when I do meet people and it's a good vibe and I feel like it's a genuine vibe, I'm appreciative of it. I don't mind keeping in contact. Yeah. As long as I can be real enough to tell you, hey, I'm you cool. We can we can yeah. text or we could whatever. If you you coming back to this place, I'm here all the time. Let me know when you come. I'll pull up some. You know whatever. Yeah. If you can be that and it be that, then that's that's fine.
1: So um. How'd you feel about the conversation?
0: The last one? No, this conversation. What? Oh, <laughs> um, it got me. Like certain things, when I'm talking about certain things, I'm feeling them as I'm. I'm in, I'm in. that moment of like even talking about what I just talked about with the guy. I felt so frustrated at that time, so it got me hyped. So just now, what I'm talking about, it, I feel like hype. I'm very like one of those people I'm in the moment when we were talking about, you know, people doing things to me at a, that should have been protecting me at a young age. That got me. I might not look like I'm hype over here, but I can feel my body feeling a little warm and everything because I'm in that moment. So i say about this conversation, I feel I feel relieved in a way um, that I was able to speak, even though I wasn't even in detail about certain things, but I needed to start my process, the same process I said I know I need to take to make things better for myself, which is therapy and maybe some other things, but this was a good stepping stone into that. There's nothing that you asked me or talked to me about made me uncomfortable. I'm pretty much open but the thoughts of yeah. me, of the things I was talking about, made me relive me being uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, I'm comfortable talking to you. I'm comfortable in this conversation. I'm not comfortable with the way that it makes me feel to still hold on to it.
1: Yeah. Okay. I like, that's, a, that's an important, an important distinction. And I and I was I heard what you were saying and a lot of the stuff that you were saying could be, you know, there's a lot there and, and I definitely wanna be respectful to all of that and some shit just ain't for public consumption. You know what I mean? But I, I, I did hear I did hear what you were saying and and, and wanted to let you know that I I, I appreciate you sharing what you could share with motherfucking lights and shit on. Um, I think for me, in lo- in talking to you and listening to you, I understand what I was connecting to and where some of the, where some of the similarities lie, and um, I do hope you talk to somebody. You know, it'll, 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 it definitely helps. I'm glad to hear that you're painting and that that's a place for you. Um, Music is mine and being outside and helping people crazy strangely enough, like I love being of service to other people, it's a way that I feel I connect with the parts of me that I didn't feel were helped in a way. I have like this model that says, you know, whatever you feel you don't have, give. Whatever you feel you lack, go give it. Because the reality is, you lack nothing. The, the, the idea that you do is an illusion. And when you go and you give it, it's almost like an affirmation to the universe that you have it. And by doing that, and by, and by having the spirit of, of, of moving and orienting yourself in that way, you automatically create the path for you to receive it. And it gives it to you. So when I don't feel like I have help, I, I, I help people. When I feel like I'm not getting love, I love somebody. When I, feel like some, when I feel like people aren't listening to me, I go listen to somebody. Whatever I fucking feel like I don't have, I try to think about what I can do to give it to someone else. And in these, and in like that whole depression relationship and and shit, it helps me. It's, it has it has helped me. And then adding the last piece of not beating myself up. And um and I think we all have ways of creating a framework that works. And then we just got to love ourselves enough and manage the fear enough to figure it out. But it's, and it's not like you got to go somewhere to do it. It's like all the fucking in you anyway, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And And you're such a beautiful person, like, I told you a long time ago, you remind me of my mom. Do you remember that? I think so. (laughs) Like you look just like her. She was beautiful. She is beautiful. And she had to deal with a lot of things in her life and I'm going to go interview her soon. And I'm going to get a chance to learn more about my mom. As the woman, not as the mother, so that I can connect more with, you know, the parts of her that didn't get fed. And uh I think when we start to heal, we we can love more and create better things and relationships. And I uh I wish that for you. Thank you. Sincerely, you're already perfect as it is, but you know, a cherry on top won't hurt.
0: It's coming. I, I like I, am not gonna say like I know every thing to do, but I, I, have an idea of some things that will help and help me move forward in a direction that I know I deserve to be in. Um, just gotta. I don't even want to say. see, I was about to do that. I was about to say, I gotta stop being lazy, and I have. I have to work on that because that is a part of the beating yourself up part. Just the things that you tell yourself, like it's not even laziness. It's just a process.
1: You yeah. think you're gonna have to cut out drinking?
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: You scared about that?
0: No, I've done it. I've done it, but not, I've never been, like, consistent with, like, oh, like you said earlier, like, it may be periods where I'm like, I'm, I'm going to do it this way, or only at this time, or only for this reason, or only this many days a week, or, and I do my fasting, I do that a lot. I do that, like, at least probably four, three, four times a year. Um <clears throat> But I guess that's just That's a thing of habit. Like that has been the thing from teenage years on up, the way that I process stuff. Go do that. And for that, of course, we know just for that time, you're not dealing with it. But then you add the the chemical imbalances. You add on all the stuff that may even happen during that process. If you're thinking you're escaping something, now you're going to add it on some other stuff that you got to wake up and deal with while you was just really trying to get from one thing, now you got three or four other things you done added onto your plate just from from doing this to yourself, pretty much.
1: Are you scared with the idea of never drinking again? Mm-mm. That don't scare you?
0: No, it's, it's, it can't be nothing but life changing. It's probably more so...
1: What if you scared to change?
0: It's probably more so the, um, anytime like you you do something that's um, different and productive and you know what you need to stop doing to make something else move forward that also comes with because really it's, it's, it, that also comes with cutting out people, places and things. It's not just the things you got to cut out people and places too in order for it to work and when you do that You want to have some sense of isolation and maybe that's a part of it like that, not saying you'll necessarily be by yourself because there's other people who don't do this or stop doing this to make this happen. There's people who are in your same process um, but out of habit you know, being used to being around certain people being used to calling certain people in particular moments, being used to having these places of comfort that everybody knows your name and you're good when you go there type stuff. I think maybe that's the part of just like the whole 360 change, not just the one thing that needs to change, but how it's going to effectively change everything. And maybe that's the, I'm not even going to say fear, maybe it's the not knowing something else that I already deal with. Yeah. Not knowing what it's going to be like. It can't do nothing but be better, of course. But I don't know that. I know it, but you see what I'm saying.
1: That that's it, though. Like and that's you,
0: fucked up. I, I know it's gonna be better, but it's a lot. It's even right now I'm giving myself a headache. But that's what I do. It's like a tug of war back and forth. And it's like stop, just do the shit, see what's gonna happen. But that's what I don't want to do. I don't want to. I don't want to just. I want to know it first.
1: So so here's the question. You <laughs> do know it. And and and, the, and and what I had to answer in myself was not why don't I want to be better, but why am I choosing what I'm choosing? Yeah. That was the once I answered that, then I asked another question, do I want to choose something different? And when I answered that question, because until I know why I'm choosing what I'm choosing, even if I even if I say, yes, I want to choose something different. When I choose something different, that's temporary. That was temporary. I was always something that was temporary for me because I didn't know what was driving the underlying behavior before. So I'd be like, yeah, I want to do something different. So and to me, different was. Changing my relationship to the alcohol, I'm only going to drink on the weekends. I'm only going to do this for 30 days or for 45 days or for two months or six months. Yeah, I want to do something different. Technically, I'm doing something different. (laughs) (laughs) Technically, I am. But because I haven't answered the question, why am I choosing this? I'm going, I always defaulted it back to choosing it. So I answered the question first. And then when I answered that question, my next question was directly related to that as opposed to the action. Absolutely, I love alcohol. I love motherfucking alcohol. I can't front. <laughs> I like Jack on the Rocks and a Heineken. I didn't got it from you enough times for you to know I'll drink any motherfucking thing, champagne, wine, white liquor. I'll do it all. I, lo- I love the way whiskey tastes, but that shit don't work for me. So, and I had to be... I had to be honest about that. And I wasn't for a long motherfucking time. But I wasn't also, ant- wasn't also being honest with why I was drinking. And once I asked that, I was like, huh? Do, I do, so- do you wanna do something different? Yeah, I wanna do something different for that. And like, and generally do. It's funny, because my mom is an alcoholic. And I know she doesn't mind me sharing this story my mother drank my whole life. She drank about a fifth of, a fifth of gin during my little brother's pregnancy. And uh, he suffered from fetal alcohol syndrome when he was born. He almost didn't make it. He was in an incubator and all kind of shit. And my mom drank my whole motherfucking childhood. She would say she didn't want, she would say she would stop drinking. And then, you know, she would go like to a halfway house. I don't even know if they still have halfway houses now or something, but she would go to a halfway house and she would stop drinking, we'd lose apartments, go live with granny and all that old kind of shit. My granny was my everything. Um, And that was basically my childhood. My mother, iterations of my mother going in and out of alcohol abuse. My mother probably just hit maybe her 25 year sobriety mark. And my mother only stopped drinking back when I was younger, when we like lost everything. And she kind of like had to get her shit together. Like rock bottom is what stopped her to drink, stopped her from drinking and to go get help. When my mother decided to stop drinking for the last time in her life, she told me she literally just woke up one morning and said, I am tired and I don't want to do this no more. She had a roof over her head. She had a job. She had a car. She wasn't wilding out. She wasn't doing nothing that she normally used to do when she quit. She had all of that shit. And when we have conversations about it now, she say, I'll be honest. She's honest now and says, I always." she always knew she was gonna go back to drinking when she said that she wasn't gonna drink. She was just taking breaks. She always motherfucking knew. But that morning when she woke up and said she didn't wanna drink no more, she knew in her mind that she was never gonna drink again. And she hasn't. And I think she might be going on, yeah, like I said, like her 25 year mark. And something in us when we got these when we got these patterns that are hard to break. They don't necessarily have to be alcohol, it can be up here. I mean most of us the up there anyway. We just gotta get tired.
0: Another like when you said patterns like it's people too. It's and it's thoughts. Um in any yeah, it's it's definitely certain relationships that are lingering, friendships, relationships, whatever, that are lingering with, like, I'll go back toward knowing this individual is probably not any different, and only to go back after whatever reason, where there was a gap in between, to discover okay, they're still the same, but I am still I still nurture the part that I know not even like, oh, they don't mean no harm or that's just them, like that whole making excuses for people, which still ultimately affects me, because I'm allowing bullshit that I know is there, but I keep accepting it, you know what I mean? And not just cutting the slam off and leaving it there, and that's been a, a struggle too, like why are you I asked myself, why you, you don't need any, you can build new relationships. I, my best friends now and my best relationships, my top tier friendships and relationships are from not family, are people that I met through working like yourself that were my customers at first and became close friends. Um, the whole sandbox process, the whole family blood over, that is a bunch of bullshit to me, you know? But it is something that I'm still lingering that I know I need to cut off and be completely done and stop being so, you can be too forgiving, I believe. Stop, stop, stop taking that person back because they're gonna come back each time because they know you're gonna allow them to and then it's go- they're gonna do something to make you resent them again and make you feel like you wasted your time and that is one of my issues that I know I have. Not necessarily relationships like ex-boyfriend or nothing like that, but just people that I allow into my life. And then some are just taking up space, unnecessary space. The interest that I know I truly have in life, whether it be my art, whether it be whatever, some people are just there, and I know that. Like, But it's not... It, it really serves no real, it's not, it does nothing really for me. It can be entertaining during a conversation. It can be cool for a little time. Oh, let's go do this or something like that. But when I really start to process my different friendships and relationships now, when I really, really sit and go through certain ones, what are we doing? Like it's and I'm finding myself being like, I don't know if it's distant or what, but the more I'm trying to reach the stuff that I'm trying to reach, the more distance is becoming between me and these people. It's not that they've done anything specifically to me. I just know that the direction that they're in mentally, first off, cause I ain't even talking about nothing else. It's just, we're not really connecting how you think we are. But that's also my problem because I'm not really saying it either. Yeah, I'm I'm holding. I'm wasting my own time by still entertaining it because maybe I don't want to hurt a person's feelings or feel like I'm above what we already established together or I don't want to do this no more. I'm just done. I don't want it because they they haven't done anything to me per se. It's just that the connections are changing because I know what I want and to be around certain people and hear how they think, how they and watch how they move. It don't it doesn't fit my spirit or my character, so I don't want to be around it. So it's not like a I don't love you. It's just I'm just not I'm not there anymore. I'm I'm trying to do some and the minute I hear other people that's trying to do Oh, you just jump from one from. no it's not that. This is where I need to be. Yeah. This 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 is what I'm trying to talk about. This this is what's interesting for me at this point in my life. That shit is cool, but it's really not.
1: Yeah. It was, especially so you, if it's some yesterday shit that like you ain't you ain't there no more.
0: So that's, that's one thing I know I'm dealing with, too, right now, like figuring out different relationships, how and when or if they should be cut off. That's in business. Mm-hmm. That's in family. That's in regular friendships. That's in whatever. How much of this that is filling up your space is taking away from the process you need to start for where you're trying to be?
1: The challenge I had with that was... I feel like the struggle, the balance of doing that sometimes is when you're cutting things. When I was doing that in a certain way, I was also isolating myself kind of like low key, in a way. I was, I was handling, because the fuck the crazy part about it is the same path that a person takes to love you, um, to hate, to, to, to hurt you, is the same path they take to love you. And sometimes, and when you cut it off, in a, using the word cut off loosely, in a certain way to protect yourself, it's legitimate. You're supposed to do that because that's, you're trying to preserve parts of yourself to maintain peace and all of that. But, if you, but there's a way in which I was doing it at the time that was also cutting off the love that I was getting, not necessarily from them, but from other places. So when I would say I'm an introvert, as an example, and I don't like people, what I was really saying back then is I didn't like the negative feelings associated with being around. I like the love. I like As long as I can manage it in the way that I'm comfortable motherfucking managing it. And then if that love is being forced on me in a way that I don't feel is manageable, then I'll cut that off. Because it's like motherfucker, I told you to back up and stay over there and you ain't staying over there. You trying to cross the line by doing this whole other shit. So, the more I started opening up and becoming more open to people and doing a better job of managing my expectations as it relates to what was being what was taking place in between it I opened myself up to receive love and then I did a better job of just managing the the disappointment or the unmet expectations that somebody else might have put on me. I didn't necessarily have to cut them off because when I was doing that before, I was cutting off a lot of shit and it actually made me feel lonely overall. And I didn't know any other way to address that.
0: I think like is I have like a half and half. For some, I know they it, it's time to go. Yeah. You just you in a way, or each time we try, it, it's just it's always something. Whether I let you know I'm seeing it or not, I just it lets me know you're not gonna change, or what what I what what I think we should have is not gonna be established because you just whatever is in between that. Then there's um. I don't know, I guess sometimes it comes with the person too on the opposite end. Like, okay, you know, for people who cannot understand that you are in a place where you're trying to do something different and it's not personal, you didn't do anything specific. Yeah. I just don't have the space or mental capacity or feel the necessity to pacify what we once had right and i shouldn't feel guilty when i want to do me yeah and if you know genuinely you haven't done anything to make me a certain way cuz i'm not saying cut off like never communicate anything like that it's just it's it's less of the interactions or yeah. the time spent and stuff like that so in these processes is when you also learn who really genuinely has your best interest because I, of course I have friends who I don't talk to maybe three or four times a year but we're fine. We both know that nothing has transpired if mm-hmm. yeah. something happened. um, We both get it. Those are the friendships that I truly, truly value yeah. because you're not putting me under pressure or making me feel guilty about what we're not doing together. Now if you reach out and say, Hey, April, I was just making sure you're good because I haven't heard from you, that's different. And I'll say, Oh no, I'm just I'm just doing me. I'm just and you accepting of that, I can appreciate that. But for the ones that well, I've been there and I, you know, well I was there when you that's not what I need. And maybe this is the reason why we shouldn't continue whatever we've been doing. Because I need because I'm trying to It's certain things that you don't have an idea that yeah. I'm trying to do. And I shouldn't have to break everything down. Again, if you're a genuine friend, hey, April, I hope you're okay. Just checking on you, making sure you're good versus I don't know what's going on, but, you know, and all that does is push, push me away even further. I, I really hate that. I have an issue with being feeling like I'm being pressured to move or think or do certain things To make you feel what you need to feel from me. That's the stretch. I shouldn't have to do all that. (laughs) I don't want to do that. That's a lot. I shouldn't have to validate. I I don't want to do that. We're grown. I don't want to answer the phone each time so you feel like there's not a problem. I don't want to do that. Mm. You don't know what what I'm doing. You don't know what's going on over here. Fuck Instagram. Fuck what I tell you, the parts that I tell you, there's always going to be some other stuff as the same for that person. yeah. I could not hear from you. You've reached out to me many times and to check on me as a genuine friend. If I don't do that, you are not taking that as oh, she's just not a good friend or a good person. Why don't I? Because maybe you are... Different in a sense, not even different. You understand that, first of all, life is life. People are people. But you know your genuine intent is to check on me, not for... You're not doing it to get somewhere. You're doing it because you genuinely give a shit. You, you, if I cross your mind, you reach out. You're not taking it as, oh, well, she must not because if she doesn't do it. And I guess that comes from sometimes people do things for something like how I was explaining about that guy. You want something from me that I'm not willing to give you and the minute you don't get that, it's a a problem that shouldn't be.
1: Sometimes I'm giving somebody something that I want to get from somewhere else. In the universal practice of energy and karma and all of that kind of stuff, just being what it is, what I do Very few people reach out to me. That hurts like a motherfucker that everybody thinks I got it all together. I don't. I have a motherfucking practice of trying to take care of James and get James shit together and try to spread love and happiness and check up on people. And like I said before, I literally try to give what I feel I don't have or what I lack in the world. And and not to say with you like the other day and you didn't have my number. I felt a certain way about that. I controlled it. I don't let this shit get over me. I don't let it overshadow the fact that I think you're an awesome person and that you got your own shit going on. I got friends who don't show up in certain ways and and hurt my feelings. And I know they're not being intentional, and even if they are, they get to be intentional. They get to be human. They get to be all of these things that a motherfucker in the life feels and shows up as as a whole human being. The idea niggas is walking around here flawless. In my mind, you know, I've I've, I've let that go um, a long time ago. But I think, and, and this is me talking to you, not about us, mm-hmm. uh, not about us, but just about how these other motherfuckers around us are like showing up. People are sometimes coming to us for shit because we're that for them. And they think And when we and so and so when you're the friend and somebody's coming to you, and not to say that it's okay, everybody needs something. Even us. Even the dude you meet at the motherfucking old Abbott. Even his friend who wanted your number. Everybody motherfucking needs something. To me it is What are we doing to satisfy those needs in ourselves first so that we can invest time in places where actually, where we feel compelled, where we feel uh, motivated to want to show up in that way? You can have all these motherfucking friends. You might not want to invest a lot of time with all. You only got 24 hours of the day. Eight of it, you sleeping. So if you don't want to invest that time with the other people, that's fine, but in they mind, selfishly, you might be that person. And that's not, that might not even be a role you want to play.
0: That's true. And that is real. It's exhausting. Um, I've seen something, I've seen it like years ago. It was on Instagram. Who does the go-to person go to? And I'm not saying like I'm no super, Super, super woman, but when people see you as somebody who's who has the capability of doing so much as far as like like even with my work. That is the um that's the imagery or the perception or the what is it called? It's another word. Um it's like it creates this larger than life thing that they see you like, okay, was she like you said, maybe she got all her shit together. She constantly got gigs. She's always doing something. She's always networking. She always got business going on. And, but that's not it. It's more than that. You know what I'm saying? And so I need a break. And I take breaks now. I didn't used to, but I take my breaks. I can look at a phone and see it ringing and just look at it until it starts ringing. I wouldn't do that at first because I'm like, oh, what could it It might be something important. No, I take my breaks. I'm starting to take my breaks now. And that's from every angle. I I don't want to talk all the time. I just want to sit and be in silent because I have shit that I'm, I have layers of shit that I'm dealing with. Maybe I should expose them more. I don't know. Maybe I would get different, you know, help from different angles if I did. But... I don't like feeling crowded. I don't like feeling pressured to be that person all the time, especially when I'm getting... I'm already having to give so much through my business and deal with so many people. I don't want that in my personal relationships. And the more people f- expect you to show up and be... the Now it's starting to push me back because I'm like, I'm tired. I don't, yeah. I don't need my phone ringing for every little thing because I don't do it. I don't call and... I don't. I don't reach out for... Every little thing. I don't expose a lot of what I, and maybe because I don't, they feel like, oh, well, she call her. She's strong enough, or whatever the case may be. But that gets ex- exhausting and tiring.
1: But that's not that's not that's not your wall. And I don't know if you know this or not. And I'm let me tell you for the first time, you are, you do have a superpower. You do. You 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 absolutely 100% do. And a part of this next piece of your journey is is leaning in and owning who the fuck you are. And that is a part of who you are. And that's what I see and that's what I feel. We got to get out of our own motherfucking way and embrace the fullness of who we are and all of these things. That doesn't mean you're perfect for every motherfucking body else around you. That just means you're perfect for you and you recognize who you are and you own it. And then you move in a way that aligns with the reality of who you know you are. and But sometimes we gotta get through some of this bullshit so that we can align in that way. And I see it, I feel it, it's there. It's 100% of the motherfucking way there. And sometimes these people who are calling us and nagging us and getting on our motherfucking nerves are the ones that, that the universe is using to help us see how motherfucking great we are. But I don't even mean we got to use our power for them, but they're seeing something in us sometimes that we don't necessarily always see because our pain's in the way, our disappointment's in the motherfucking way. We can't see it. What somebody told us when we were 12 is still in our motherfucking head and making us smaller than what we really are. And it's, and it's, and it's our job to get that motherfucker out.